I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Live Mike is what we're calling it here on KSL News Radio, episode 24. I have been kind of like a nerd when it comes to this impeachment stuff. I enjoy the history of it. I enjoy learning about new little facets of uh, Senate and House procedure. Uh, we have learned new vocabulary words. We've learned new procedures. We've learned uh, a lot. And that is all setting aside the politics of it, which also fascinates me. I, as we've learned, uh, this is really an unprecedented event. You know, we have the uh, the proceedings of 1999 when Bill Clinton was impeached and a trial against him was carried out. We have uh, all the way back to the 1860s, the impeachment trial and Senate uh, trial of uh, Andrew Johnson. But beyond that, there's not much. And so we are kind of inventing things as we go along. I saw a headline uh, early this morning. Uh, dealing with one of these new such rules, uh, this time imposed by the Senate Sergeant at Arms. And it has to do with the access granted to media uh, reporters specifically as they uh, seek to interact with the senators and the various individuals uh, associated with this Senate trial. First person I thought of was a friend of mine, Natalie Andrews. She's on the line now. Uh, she, you may recognize the name, she here years ago, when I was here last, she was as well uh, working here for KSL and has since gone on uh, to work with the Wall Street Journal. She's a reporter there. Uh, and during most of my last five years out there, she and I would cross paths uh, from time to time in the halls of Congress. Her job is to cover Congress. The sergeant-at-arms is making it a little difficult for her to do her job, and she's here on the line now to tell us all about it. Natalie, how you doing? Good. Congratulations on the show, Lee. Thank you so much. Roll back the clock five or six years. You think uh, you and I would ever be having a conversation? <laughs> uh, uh, you from Washington covering an impeachment proceeding and me with my own show. You know, I think it's surprising that they're letting you on the air for this long, but that's okay. I, you know what? Yeah, we're almost four weeks into it, and they haven't uh, quite told me that. Oh, yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm on the air still. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, what What's going on out there? What have you learned? Uh, what are you going to be able to do? And more importantly, what are you not going to be able to do? Well, we're still definitely getting a sense of what the impeachment trial is going to look like, and that is that it's kind of amazing that we don't have an understanding of the structure, given we are just a few days away and it's supposed to start on Tuesday. We are getting a better understanding of what of how Mitch McConnell is going to structure the trial. But one wrinkle, certainly as a reporter that has been thrown in, is how they are handling how reporters walk around the Capitol. What's your experience typically? What, what do you do? Let's say it's a run of the mill story. There is a big piece of legislation. You're tracking down the key players. What are you able to do typically there in the complex? I mean, reporters have amazing access in the Capitol, and reporters do believe, I mean, as you know, we're asking the questions that people want to get asked. And generally, you have a pretty collegial relationship with lawmakers, both sides of the aisle. Uh, you can talk to them as they walk through the halls, talk to them in their offices. Um, but the main 
spot where a lot of reporters and senators mingle is in the basement of the Capitol, where they're walking by into votes, and reporters wait there, sometimes several dozen reporters, and you catch them as they walk into votes or in the Capitol in the chamber. And right now, the Sergeant of Arms is kind of putting reporters in a pen. We saw a, the first glimpse of how this is going to work on Friday, and it was interesting because lawmakers, senators wanted to talk to reporters about things that were happening last week. You probably talked about the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal that that the Senate voted on. They also wanted to talk about other trade things. And officers were interrupting conversations between senators and reporters and saying, you guys can't have this conversation. So it'll be a little interesting to see how it plays out. What uh, what to you are some of the the larger unanswered questions uh, still as we approach next Tuesday? We don't know how the trial is going to be structured in terms of how long lawmakers or how long the House impeachment managers and the White House legal team will have to give opening arguments. We've heard it will track the Clinton process. So as you've said, it may be 24 hours. But we've also heard that Mitch McConnell wants to get this done quickly. So we don't know if the impeachment managers will be able to give their case over several days or whether they're, they might be forced to give their case over, say, like one 12-hour day, which I can imagine senators being a little grumpy about, but they do want to get this done fast. You are in a very special and unique uh, situation, and let me uh, kind of turn the tone of our conversation over to the personal side, uh, if, you, if you don't mind. Aside from the, the details and the facts of this story that's uh, unfolding before us, you uh, are a journalist, you are a reporter, you have access and experience there in the halls uh, of Congress. You are drafting, uh, or you are writing rather, the first draft of this history, which will be taught about in schools uh, forever. Uh, this will be an indelible portion of American history. Uh, let me ask you, uh, what does it mean to you to to carry that burden, that responsibility? I think in the past few months, when because certainly when you put words to paper, you are thinking about how this story will be read. And I've thought about that so much because in the past year, I have read stories from archives on the Nixon impeachment. I've read stories on the archives of the Clinton impeachment as I was trying to educate myself. And for much of the past year, it was, will the House move to impeach Trump? Will they not? And then when they did move to start impeachment proceedings, I thought about the stories that I had read and how they were structured and how it was important to include certain things. Uh, When we put the story together yesterday, we thought about that a lot. We don't often write the color in great detail as to what happens. Oftentimes, you know, there's so much to include and you only get a few words. But we all talked as reporters in our little group inside the Capitol. We have a team of four at the Wall Street Journal about how important it felt to include the moments of the day, the solemnness of 99 senators taking that oath of office. Uh, One will take it on Tuesday. But just the quietness in the room, when there's 100 senators in that room, it's not quiet. But it was was solemn, and and you could tell that everyone was taking that oath and thinking very seriously. So, yeah, I think when we put words to paper, there's been a special moment. And not special, but... You feel the significance of it. You feel the significance when you, when I was standing in front of Nancy Pelosi and she's making that 
announcement that they're moving towards impeachment, you really feel that this is going to be a different thing than just run-of-the-mill, hey, we're passing legislation. 100%. On the line, we're speaking with Natalie Andrews. She's a reporter in Washington, D.C. with the Wall Street Journal. Her task over the next few weeks is to cover uh, the the impeachment trial in the Senate of the United States against uh, President Donald J. Trump. Former co-worker of mine here at KSL. Not only that, a uh, Utah State University graduate. Not too, not too bad from a, from an Aggie, huh? Outstanding. Uh, listen, Natalie, I'm proud of you. I'm grateful to you for joining us on the line here. And I know you have far more important duties than calling into your old friend and letting me know what's going on. But uh, if I could pull you away from this stuff uh, from time to time for just a moment here or there, it'd be absolutely fascinating to me and hopefully for folks listening to, to hear what you're experiencing and witnessing and uh, get a little taste of the work, uh, the great work that you're doing out there. For you, Lee, anytime. Thank you very much. <laughs> Natalie Andrews with the Wall Street Journal joining us from Washington, D.C. I'm very grateful to you. Thank you so much. Uh, listen, next up, we're going to talk about one of those such moments mentioned by Natalie, uh, and it was the signing of the document which would uh, send those managers over. You've seen a little bit about this. Nancy Pelosi used a stack of pens to sign her name and then handed them out as trophies or souvenirs. There was a, a sense of uh, giddiness and glee that I thought was very inappropriate. Uh, Congressman Chris Stewart agrees with me. We're going to hear what he has to say next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.